like to introduce very briefly a comedian fresh from the jail, Mr. Dick Gregory. I say thank you very much, and it's a pleasure being here, and nice being out of jail. And I'm very confused this year because I never thought I'd see the day I would give out more fingerprints than autographs. And I can't tell you how elated I am over looking out at so many of our smiling faces, and to be honest with you, the last time I seen this many of us, Bull Connor was doing all the talking. Thank you. Ed Roberts with a reminder that the following segment originally aired in August 2013. Hi, this is James McEachin. You're listening to TV Confidential. I would like now to introduce one man who will speak for the artists who have come to be with us today from Hollywood and Broadway. Some came from Canada, some flew in from Chicago. They're from all over, but they're the people whom we have seen and whom we love, and they want this opportunity to give you their feelings about the march on Washington and what it means. I give you Mr. Harry Belafonte. Ed Robertson lost Phil Grice, founder and owner of Archival Television Audio, as we look back at August 28, 1963, the day of the historic march on Washington, a major turning point in the struggle for civil rights and the day on which Dr. Martin Luther King originally gave his iconic I have a dream speech. Our friend Phil Grice has put together some audio that captures that historic event, including some of the people who spoke on that day, as well as some of the people who reported it. And this next clip that we're going to play, Phil, includes a, a brief interview with uh, African-American writer James Baldwin and a female correspondent uh, named Lisa Howard. Lisa Howard is a very... Little remembered by most of the public, uh, journalist reporter, who was uh, basically at the top of her uh, game in the early 60s uh, after a brief career um, as an actress. She made national attention by covering the 1960 Democratic National Convention. So she was the first American reporter at that time also to interview Soviet Premier Nikita Khrushchev. In 1961, she was hired by ABC News, and it was ABC News' first female correspondent, not only to cover the Vienna summit between Khrushchev and John F. Kennedy, but to start to do an unprecedented anchoring of the news. In 1963, she went on the air, she was the first female anchor of a news broadcast. It was called Pure X Presents Lisa Howard and the News with a Woman's Touch. And it was um, a first in television. She tragically lasted only two more years because she committed suicide in 1955. Uh, and um, we lost someone who was very special. She's also remembered for a very special um, 
um, documentary when she um, interviewed Cuban leader Fidel Castro in 1963, April. Also helping us cover the story here today is ABC's correspondent Lisa Howard, and she has a report for us now. One of the men who seems to be getting most of the attention, certainly as much as the stars, is writer James Baldwin here at the Lincoln Memorial. Jimmy, I know you've been so deeply involved in the civil rights cause. What does this day mean to you? How would you sum it up? Sure, I could sum it up, Lisa. You know, it, um, I'm overwhelmed in a way by the fact of so many human beings in one place for one reason. And Put it, put it in the most optimistic way. You know, it might mean the beginning, not only the Emancipation Proclamation at last, but of the American Revolution at last. You know, all the people here, white and black, I suppose, are here for the same reason, which is to liberate themselves, liberate this country from what has afflicted us so long. You know, this day is terribly important, and what we do with this day is even more important. I remember in your novel you said, if the Negro achieves equal rights, America will finally achieve itself. Do you think this day will help toward that goal? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. No matter, in a way I could almost say, no matter what comes now, this day knocks in my mind, and I think, in fact, a turning point in a, in a struggle not only for the Negro to receive, to achieve equal rights, but for Americans to, to grow up, to get over their terror, of what they call the Negro. ABC News correspondent Lisa Howard in conversation with American novelist James Baldwin, August 28, 1963, the day of the historic March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom, audio of which is from the private collection of Phil Grice. To put this in perspective, ABC gave Lisa Howard a chance to be, in effect, Barbara Walters at a time when Barbara Walters was under contract at NBC, but NBC was relegating her to, to cover fashion events and stuff like that. It, it wasn't until another year or so later when Hugh Downs uh, took over on the Today Show that, I mean, and I understand Hugh was a major advocate for ha expanding the role of Barbara Walters on that program. Uh, Barbara Walters was actually uh, at the, the Today Show um, as, a, uh, as a writer prior to ever going on the air. And uh, then they um, incorporated some uh, little pieces where she actually goes on the air. I believe it was the, the JFK assassination post-coverage. Yeah, but uh, it's... Uh, it is viewed on the air, and then certainly Hugh Downs was an advocate, and uh, more and more, Barbara Walters became a co-anchor. James Baldwin uh, was an American novelist, essayist, playwright, poet, social critic, and uh, his novels and plays fictionalized fundamental personal questions and dilemmas amid complex social and psychological pressures uh, which thwarted the equitable integration of not only blacks but also gays. He, he was really um, someone who was prominent in speaking out about injustice. By the way, you know, I don't know where I had it, but I read it somewhere, and he was really pissed because... He was not allowed to speak at uh, the rally. All these other people, including Walter Ruther, and you have all these people speaking, they prohibited, and I, I don't remember exactly why he was prohibited, but he was not allowed to speak. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. One more item. Summertime is in full swing, and if you have dry skin, you know what happens when the weather gets warmer. 
more visible lines, and dullness. Fortunately, our friends at Ibu Beauty can help. Their Super Duo Serum and Moisturizer is all you need this summer for the perfect glow. Check them out, ibubeauty.com. That's Y-I-B-U beauty.com or at Ibu Beauty on Instagram. Use customer code Ibu50 now at checkout and receive 50% off your first order. We're taking a look at how television covered the historic march on Washington, August 28th. 1963, when more than 200,000 Americans of every age, race, and religion descended on Washington, D.C. to support the passage of the landmark Civil Rights Bill. The audio you are listening to tonight is from Phil's private collection, and it includes a few clips from the many artists from the worlds of music, sports, motion pictures, and television who participated in the March on Washington that day among which included Harry Belafonte, Jackie Robinson, Dick Gregory, Sidney Portier, Marlon Brando, Bobby Darin, Joan Baez, Bob Dylan, Mahalia Jackson, Paul Newman, Joanne Woodward, Ozzie Davis, Ruby Dee, Blake Edwards, Rita Moreno, Lena Horne, Burt Lancaster, Sammy Davis Jr., Tony Franciosa, Tony Curtis, and James Garner. we got a couple of clips we're going to play in just a second, but first, we, we mentioned Paul Newman was one of the Hollywood contingent who, who attended uh, the March on Washington. Newman, of course, was a long-time supporter of civil rights. I don't know whether you know this, Phil, but a few days after the March on Washington, Paul Newman traveled with Brando, Tony Franciosa, and Virgil Fry to uh, Gadsden, Alabama, for another rally to help fight racial equality. The mayor of the town accused the actors of being rabble-rousers, and, and he refused to meet with them and threatened, and, and threatened to arrest them. Uh, Newman was so angry at the charges, he told the mayor that the, that the U.S. State Department often asks entertainers to serve as ambassadors of goodwill abroad. And, and uh, this is a quote from Newman, I would like to hope that perhaps that we could be considered the same kind of ambassadors in the South. It's all right when we come down to the South to raise money for a hospital, it's perfectly all right when we are asked to donate our services for other humanitarian causes. You don't consider us rabble-rousers then, but when we ask for racial equality, it's a different story. And again, Newman is, an, is one of those examples of an actor who, because he's a celebrity that, adds, that, that brings certain inequalities to the light, although he ended up paying a price for that because he later found out that Alabama wouldn't show any of his movies. I wasn't aware of the post-activities of those uh, individuals, but um, those names, they, they are remembered as uh, devout people who spoke up for uh, their own uh, social causes, and there weren't that many at that time. Another one of the actors who spoke his conscience that day was uh, was actor Burt Lancaster. Here he gives a brief interview to NBC News correspondent Marvin Agronsky. Burt was the uh, march worth the trip in Paris. It was to me. It, uh, do you think that uh, your participation and that of the uh, other uh, Hollywood figures is an important part of this uh, I certainly hope so. And uh, as you uh, marched along uh, with the others, would you think that uh, uh, this kind of march would do much to change the climate of public opinion in the United States? I hope that it will. I don't know that on a practical level, in terms of actually what will happen across the table of hard intercourse politics, but I must believe that people will be impressed by this. It's in the air here. You feel the camaraderie. 
and you feel the willingness of people to recognize the true value of what this march stands for at any rate. Burt Lancaster speaking out to NBC News correspondent Marvin Agronsky, Mar- uh, August 28, 1963, the day of the March on Washington, audio which courtesy of Phil Grice. And as Lancaster touches, he, he hoped that people would be impressed. And I think people on the whole were impressed, although go, going back to go, going back to Paul Newman, studio heads, I understand, were nervous about actors speaking out because they were, they were afraid it would be bad for business. But uh, it's it's because of actors who weren't who, who weren't afraid to speak their mind to, to bring this to the public eye. Oh, absolutely. And um, I, I think that uh, all of those individuals who um, actually made a dedicated effort to be a part of uh, the March on Washington, uh, and certainly they were, um, they were up for a lot of uh, negative publicity as well from others, people at the studios, etc., people who weren't in exact uh, concert with, with what was going on. I, I give them a lot of credit. They they were very brave, and they did what they felt they had to do with their own social consciousness. And I think they also were very effective in uh, the overall um, wonderful day that occurred uh, 50 years ago. Another actor who uh, flew in from Washington that day was Academy Award-winning actor Marlon Brando. One of the celebrities participating in the demonstration today is the actor Marlon Brando. Russ Ward of NBC News talked to him at the Lincoln Memorial, and here is what Brando said. Marlon, what is, is this? Uh, is this for, uh, for NBC what? Radio? NBC, is that yeah. network? Yes. Marlon, could you tell us briefly what is your own personal feeling about equal rights? How do you personally view what's going on here today? Uh, I think very simply... Uh, it's, I can only say that it's right, that civil rights are right, and that we've uh, denied the Negro uh, uh, his, uh, his rights for 150 years. Uh, the Constitution provides that we are all equal, and we do have equal opportunity, and uh, it's, it's time that it came about. The hypocrisy that we've lived under now is, uh, is too worn, and it's intolerable now. How, how long have you had these feelings? I don't know how long I've had this feeling. It's very hard to to know where your feelings uh, stem from and how long you've had them. But, uh, I certainly was impressed by uh, by Martin Luther King. I think back in 1954, it was reported that there were 18 Negroes who took sledgehammers and broke their legs. They were on a chain, Georgia chain gang, and there was no other way to bring attention to the misery of their condition, and they broke their legs, 18 of them, and that was a... The pledge the people here have been asked to sign uh, reads in part, I pledge my heart and my mind and my body unequivocally and without regard to personal sacrifice to the achievement of social peace through social justice. Would you say that uh, describes your feeling about equal rights for all? Yes, I think it does. I think it does. I think that uh, everybody makes a contribution uh, in their own way and in their own degree. Uh, some do more and some do less. But uh, I think we can look to uh, people doing more now.
Marlon Brando, August 28, 1963, the day of the historic Phil, we mentioned uh, we we mentioned coming coming out of the break that another one of the actors who participated that day was James Garner in his memoir that uh, he published last year. Garner Garner spends five pages recollecting the March on Washington, and uh, so it was certainly a very important day. And he was I know he I, I know he was certainly proud to be to have participated in that day. Uh, one of the one of the things he remembers, speaking of Marlon Brando, and this is uh, this is Garner, this is from Garner's book. Garner writes: Before we left Los Angeles, uh, Charlton Heston, the Screen Actors Guild president at the time and the self-reported leader of, of the Hollywood contingent, presided over a planning meeting in which Marlon Brando held up a cattle prod that had been used against demonstrators in Gadsden, Alabama. Marlon. According to James Garner, Marlon Brando wanted us all to chain ourselves to the Lincoln Memorial. Charlton Heston, however, did not like that. He think he he said that we should all play by the rules, and threatened to bail out of the march if we did any quote unquote militant stuff. According to Garner, Marlon Brando shut up, and we did it Charlton Heston's way. That's an interesting factoid. You know, there's a uh, interesting. Uh audio check clip that I do have in the collection where Marlon Brando is interviewed by uh, Lisa Howard, someone we just discussed, and he talks about the cattle prod. I wish I had uh, sent you that clip as well because that would have been very appropriate. Well, yeah, but uh, look, we can't, you know, we, we, we cannot fit everything, you know, in, but one, one way... It is interesting that he did that he did go on the air with Howard and mentioned it. The, the clip that uh, we just heard from Brando referenced Martin Luther King's speech, and as we mentioned uh, throughout the program, August 28, 1963, was the day on which uh, King originally gave his famous I Have a Dream speech. We're going to close our program with a, with, with a little clip from that speech right now. I am happy to join with you today in what will go down in history as the greatest demonstration for freedom in the history of our nation. Five score years ago, a great American in whose symbolic shadow we stand today signed the Emancipation Proclamation. This momentous decree came as the great beacon light of hope to millions of Negro slaves who had been seared in the flames of withering injustice. It came as a joyous daybreak to end the long night of their captivity. But 100 years later, the Negro still is not free. One hundred years later, 
The life of the Negro is still sadly crippled by the manacles of segregation and the chains of discrimination. One hundred years later, the Negro lives on a lonely island of poverty in the midst of a vast ocean of material prosperity. One hundred years later, Dr. Martin Luther King, a brief excerpt from the speech he gave on August 28, 1963 at the historic March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom, audio which from the private collection of Phil Grice. Uh, Phil, any closing thoughts? The march, what was its purpose? It was simply um, to acquire a passage of meaningful civil rights legislation, and it took a hundred years in coming. It marked the hundredth anniversary of the signing of the Emancipation Proclamation of, of Abraham Lincoln. And um, that particular day, that particular day, that march, that started to bring a lot more of consciousness by people living in the United States, legislatures, legislators and, and, and lay people with regard to that cause. And subsequently, we did get a passage of the Civil Rights Act. We did get the passage of the Civil Rights Act, but as as we alluded to a little while ago, it's you know, fifty years later. There is still racial inequality, if, if if not overtly in this country, certainly subtly. So there's still well, the, the, the glass is still uh, not completely filled. But uh, think about what existed fifty years ago. I guess it could be a lot worse, but still things could be a lot better. I agree. And uh, we'll get together in 50 years from now, and um, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss uh, the inroads uh, that will occur in the next five decades. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm sure we'll get together a lot sooner than 50 years from now, Phil. Phil Grice, founder and owner of Archival Television Audio the largest vintage television soundtrack archive in the world, featuring more than 15,000 hours of audio from more than 12,000 original television programs and original television newscasts from the 50s, 60s, and early 1970s. For more information, go to atvaudio.com. Phil, again, thank you. Thank you very much for sharing some of your private collection tonight and for elevating the status of this program. <laughs> Well, this, this particular segment um, was uh, very special and uh, with the privilege to uh, reminisce with you, Ed, um, and uh, hopefully the public was a little more informed and uh, can reminisce, especially those who weren't alive at the time, with what went on. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at tvconfidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 
888-786-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.